Sad, 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 what up, y'all? Y'all know who this is. Your boy, Ed Lover, with another Come On, Son, the podcast. Joining me in the studio for this Come On, Son, the podcast is one quarter of one of the most popular hit-making groups of the 90s. I'm talking about 112, straight out of Atlanta, Georgia. And this brother is one of the standout singers in that group. And one of the things I always loved about 112 is just like Boys to Men, all of them dudes are real singers. Like, you don't have a group where it's one guy carrying three other guys because... That one guy is such a standout singer from all the rest of them. They can all sing very well. Slim, Mike, Deron, and Q. And joining me in the studio right now is one of my boys, man, for a long time. I've known him probably since 95, 96, man. From 112, Mr. Q Parker. In the building with me right now, y'all know him from 112. He's a singer, he's a songwriter, he's a father, actress, a philanthropist. Mr. Q Parker's in the building. What's up, Q? What's up, man? How you been, bro? Man, I cannot complain. How about you? I'm great. Tell me about Q Parker and Friends, man. You're here in in Shy. You're doing a show. Yes, man. Thursday at City Winery Chicago. So I had this idea, right? Uh I'm I'm a a product of the 90s R&B era. Absolutely. uh, The best era, by the way. I was about to say that, in my opinion, the best era of R&B and so putting this uh, this this piece together uh, it the proceeds pro, um, the proceeds benefit my foundation okay. to have a summer camp and so I wanted to get my friends together and just sing records from the 1990s from the 90s era oh, all wait a number minute. one records that's what 90s. you guys are doing on this show yes all number one records from 1990 to 1999 okay. and so I just got called my friends up I'm like yo I'm doing this set are you available and they came the crowd loved it, and now we made it into a for real show, man. While I travel around the country, so who's on who's on the show with you? Do you so, switch out people? Yeah, or? I switch out. So the the main core is myself, Wingo from Jagged Edge, okay. Algebra, Blissett, yes, J.K. Howells, and then when I go into a particular city, I reach into their musical market right. and grab three or four artists. In, in Chicago, we have um, Opal Staples, Kentrell. Um, Isa and Dante Hall. Okay, Dante Hall is my man. Yeah, so yeah, I love going Dante. Down in Chicago, City Winery. Go get your tickets, y'all. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy, bro. That's gonna be, so. So you just decided. Tell me some of the songs that you decided that you guys should cover. Man, and how did you? It's so many of them. You it's just, so many. So just the number ones, though. Just the number ones. R and B. So I got a list of all the number one records. Okay. Tw- each 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 year from ninety to ninety nine, and I just went and started selecting them. And so some of some of them are like. Uh, after seven, ready or not, oh, Lisa wow. Fisher. How can I ease the pain? Wow. Uh, Whitney Houston. I will always love you. Uh, uh, in Vogue. Hold on. My my my. Johnny Gill. Right. Uh, no scrubs. Weak. Well, uh, you guys one twelve was Cupid. Cupid went Let's number get one. Married. Yeah. Okay. Jagged okay. One twelve. Yeah. So it was so dope that as I'm doing this, I had a song also. That was a part because it's like, how can you do this and not sing a 112 record? Right. Well, the, the the beauty of it, Cupid was a number one record. Right. And so I get to sing Cupid. Oh, that's great. Well. That, yeah. that, that is fantastic, man. When you were a kid and before 112, did you ever dream that this kind of stuff would happen to you? I knew that as I got older, whatever I was going to do, singing would be a part of it. 
I was always known as the singing dude on the football field, <laughs> on the basketball court. Right. And uh, I just thought that I'd go to college and maybe be a music teacher or something like that, something with music. And uh, meeting Puffy changed my life, changed, you know, my brother's lives, man. And um, here we are 24 years later. And y'all actually met Puff standing outside of a club. Club 112, yeah. He came out and was like, hey, yo, bro, we, we want to holler at you, man. Can we sing something? He's like, yo, you got to get, get a few minutes. And dude, Duran had his little Casio keyboard. We put it on the trunk of somebody's car and started singing Silk, Lose Control, Commission, Boys to Men, Jodeci. Wow. And uh, he signed us two weeks later. Two weeks later? Did, what did he say? I wanted, did he tell you I want to sign you right there he on was the like, spot? He was like, you know how Puff is. Yo, that's, 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 that's dope. That's dope. Right. Two weeks later, he comes down with Faith, and he was uh, EPing Usher's first album. Right. And uh, we met him at a studio, and we really did, like, an audition. Right. And Faith was like, yo, if you don't sign these boys, you crazy. And so that's why my heart for Faith, man, is just <laughs> forever, dude. Right. man, she, she stamped us right there in that studio. And that's when he was like, all right. Definitely going to yeah. do it. Now, what was the name of the group before 112? It was Forte. Forte. Yep. Forever like the number four? Route. Nope. F-O-R-T-E, Forever On Route to Excellence. Okay. You know, back in the day, you had to have, <laughs> you know, had to have an acronym. Yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> so what y'all told Puff what the name of the group was? We didn't, but we knew that rapping Forte was out. Okay. And then um, the Motown group had, had a, a girls group called Forte. Okay. Um, and so we was like, man, let's just figure out a new name. What name can we can we have that will be symbolic of Atlanta? That when you hear it, you will know they're from Atlanta. Right. And at that time, the Gentleman's Club, the strip club. Right. You wasn't going to call club yourself Gentleman's Club. Right. Nah. So that was a, a, a staple in the city, Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, when you say Club 112, you know Atlanta. Right. And so that was it. And, and it was crazy was... Even though we were from Atlanta, everybody thought we were from New York because obviously, you know, we moved to New York, signed the bad boy. And so right. we would always be like, nah, man, we're from Atlanta. We embraced <laughs> the New York, though, because right. I loved I loved New York. But, man, we were just like, nah, we are had from you, Had you ever been to New York before, before you guys? Never. Tell me your first impressions in New York, coming nah, from Atlanta, GA. Nah, we had we didn't have luggage. We, we traveled in garbage bags. <laughs> we, uh, we flew into... Uh, I think it was uh, LaGuardia. Okay. And ended up catching a cab to Penn Station because our first apartment was on 56 and Broadway. Right. And uh, just imagine, man, the five of us, because our manager was with us. Okay. Like the raggediest luggage, trash bags. But it was just like, yo, we are here in the Big Apple. We had heard so much about New York City, bright lights, big city. And being from Atlanta, man, we hadn't been anywhere. Now we just we just I don't want to say celebrate it because uh, Clark Kent you know Clark Kent Clark Kent DJ Clark Kent yes he put a post up the other day that said um, I don't call March 9th Biggie Day I call May twenty first Biggie Day because that's the day he was born. born March 9th is the day he died so yeah. I don't want to commemorate the day that he died Tell me about the first time you met Big Wow the first time meeting Big man was just like the big brother opening the doors to the to the house. Mm-hmm. Uh in a lot of ways he was the, he was our voice. He was he took up for us cuz you know Puff can be a little overbearing. Absolutely. And overpowering sometimes and intimidating. Uh-huh. And uh I just remember a lot of times Puff would be on our necks. Get it right, man. Get it right. I'm going to send y'all back to Atlanta. Da, 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 da. 
And Big would come in like, yo, Puff, chill, man. You signed them, right? Because <laughs> they dope. All right, well, let them be dope. Right. Uh, you know, he would always make sure we had money. You know, when you are a new artist, you know, once you get your little advance, you know, you blowing that, give mom, give mom some, and uh-huh. you're done. And so we'd be there in New York, man, sometimes trying to figure out how we would eat. Because, you know, once the label gave you their per diem, that was their obligation. They were done. Right. And, uh, man, Big Did they give you weekly per diem or? Weekly per diem. But, you know, man, being 17, we go to the village, man, buy sneakers. Oh. And, you know, on the train, <laughs> just all over the place, man. And so we'd be in the studio trying to figure out how we was going to eat. And Big would come in, give all us like a $100 bill. You know, that was big to us. Yeah, like, absolutely. Uh, he would lace us with Brooklyn Mint gear. Uh-huh. Uh, we didn't have coats. And, you know, 96 was the blizzard. Oh, wow. And uh, we didn't have like the big, the big, Goose down joint. Right. He laced us with the uh with the with the Brooklyn mint gooses, man. I mean, just just the ultimate big brother, man. Like, yeah, like really, really took care of you. Really took care so, of you. So so when when Big passed away, do you remember where you were when you heard the news? Were you in yes. LA? Yeah, we were in LA that night at the Soul Train Awards. One twelve, Big and Keith Sweat presented an award. And I just remember Big saying under his breath, Man, I gotta get out of here. As if he was already feeling something. Right. We had a show the next day in Charlotte, North Carolina, so we caught the red eye. Okay. Right after the awards. So y'all wasn't at the Peterson Automotive mm-hmm. Museum. I, I don't as remember soon as seeing you. the awards you were over, we caught the red eye to Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh-huh. When we landed in North Carolina, that's when the news broke on the news. We were just like, like, we just saw him, and to 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 play back him saying, "I gotta get out. I gotta of get here. out of L.A." Right. It was just man, so. It was so crazy, man. And then, you know, to perform at his funeral mm-hmm. was it was it was just amazing, man. Like it's something that I will never forget. You know, my time, our time with with Big, um, being a part of an amazing homegoing ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, his mom basically requested, "I want my boys one twelve to sing at the funeral." Wow! Um, and I'll never forget, man. We yeah. sang this song from Commission, "Cry On." Mm-hmm. I was there. I was absolutely there. And and the weird thing about it with Big um, is I was sitting next to him in the Peterson Automotive Museum when the lights came on. We were drink. He gave me a bottle of Dom Perignon. He gave me a bottle mm-hmm. of Dom P. And he said, "Drink half of it." And I, because everybody, was, I was like, "What the? Hell? I can't drink no whole ass fucking bottle of Dom Perignon by myself." And he was like, "Well, go out, give it to somebody." So give it to some women and bring yeah. it back. So I was like, all right. So I went out and, you know, Slim Pickens and all of them. I remember DJ Ace was DJing. Yeah. And um, I was just giving out the Don Perry, and I brought it back, like, on a halfway mark. And he took it from me and filled it up with Grandma and handed it back, gave it to, back me. to me. It gave it right back to me. So we Man, just sitting there chilling when the lights came on. I will never forget. Remember when... Uh, I don't know what happened to Big, but he was in the wheelchair. He was in a car accident. He was in a car accident. Seas was right. driving. He was Bam. in a car accident. Car he got his accident. leg crushed a little bit. And Right. And so he's on crutches. He's in the wheelchair. And we go in the studio one day in Daddy's house. And everybody's like, yo, we're going to Long Island to a big show. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was, the the, the the venue was this little circular. Oh, oh, uh, you're talking about, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking like, about. The stage moves in the yeah, circle. Yeah, Westbury like, Music Fair. Bam. And so, uh, 112 had not come out yet. We were still recording the, the, the album. And um, everybody in the studio left to go to Long Island to see Big Show. Man, this dude rocked a full hour and 15 minutes in a wheelchair. 
Wow. And so imagine what that was like for aspiring artists like 112, man. We looked at each other. I never forget. Like, if he could rock the stage, man, in a wheelchair and have this crowd, man, you know how big shows were. Mm -hmm. Rocking. There's no excuse. Yeah. Sore throat, tired, man, no. And so that was really something that, man, that stuck with us throughout our career. What were you guys' first single? Very Only first you. single. Only you. Yep. That was the first release from Bad Boy. Our first release was on the Money Train soundtrack. Okay. A record called uh, Making Love. All right. But Only You was the first First Bad, Bad Boy, release. Boy release. Now, didn't, weren't there a few people with like the same, same. exact sample? Didn't yes. Montel Jordan? Montel Jordan. So right. what's crazy, Puff and Russell Simmons had a bet. They made a bet of whose record would I, I perform the other. Right. Because of the same sample. Right, because Montel had Baby, I Like It. Was I the, like the way you yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, and then we came with, um, it was the Casey and the Sunshine Band sample. Yes. Yeah. And then y'all came out with Only You. The remix, then we came with the remix with the uh, with the sample, the, uh, God, what's that sound? Bump, 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 bump. Yeah, don't, 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 that was crazy. And that's when the uh, introduction of Mace to the Yes, world. yes, yes. Mace yeah. got introduced through 112's record. And that's what I loved about the Bad Boy family, man. One, one person who was already out introduced the next family member. Right, because Big set that remix off crazy. But you remember, Craig came out first. Yes. The remix to Flavor in Your Ear introduced Big. That's right. Then Big came and ushered in total. Yep. Right on the Can't You See remix, mm -hmm. we did Mace. He stepped one twelve. It was ingenious, man. Puff, say what yeah. you want to say, man, but the way Puff did his thing, man, was just it was always on point. It was always always on point. And rest in peace of Craig Mack too. Absolutely, because without Absolutely. Craig Mack, I don't know if Bad Boy would have been the same. Without the success of uh, Flavor in Your yeah. Ear, the yeah. Flavor in Your Ear really set it off. Really set it off big. Set it off, man. Big so, for Craig Mack. And so when you think about even the reunion tour. Right. That I've been a part of many tours in my career. Second to none. Yeah. That may have been the best tour ever. That tour was crazy. I'm going on I was in the A. I saw it in the A. I'm going on record. And I got it, I got goosebumps when, when Puff came out and Victory was playing in the background. <laughs> I just thought I just got so many goosebumps, man. It was yes. a really Really, really, really good and show. Imagine man. what the show felt like, the energy when we did the first one on Big's birthday in Brooklyn. Wow. Yeah, that must have been crazy. I get I get goosebumps even just talking about it right now. Uh-huh. Best tour ever, man. Yeah, that ever. that that, that must have been crazy. When what year did you guys win your Grammy? Do you remember what it was for and where is was, your Grammy? I'll be missing you. Okay. I'll be missing you. It's in my uh it's at home in my um a war room. I have a war room with all the plaques and all the accolades and stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, when did y'all record? How long after Big Pass did y'all record? I'll be missing immediately. Really? Yes. What was that vibe like? Did y'all do that in Daddy's house? Yes. Well, the very first tribute song was "We'll Always Love Big Papa." It was "We'll Always Love Big Papa." Right. And then before Puff presented "I'll Be Missing You's track, we did. I think it was a Teddy P. I miss you, miss you. Miss How Melvin and Blue Nose. How Melvin. Yeah. So it was that. That was the very first tribute. Oh, wow. But then. Do we, you have a copy of that? I may. <laughs> Those are kind of things, I do, Q. I, you got, I'll send it to you. If Q, I, you got to keep I that do, kind of stuff, bro. 
Those yeah, are the kind of things you got to keep. That was the very first tribute, and then out of nowhere, he comes running in the studio like, nah, I got it. Right. And it it was just so incredible, man. Like, when you go back and look at all the things that you've been a part of, to to know that you played a very important role in telling this whole story of Bad Boy Entertainment. Puff could have got anybody to sing on that song. That's man. true. What he called on one twelve, man. Right. Like, so we're forever connected to Big. Right. That could have that 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 could have been that could have been total. It could have been anybody. Yeah. Sky's the limit. We are always uh, yeah. connected to. Could have been. Could have been. He could have called Mary very easily. Could have right. been anybody. Yeah, you're always connected. What was the vibe like in the studio while recording? That? Man, it had to be solid. Man, it was somber. It was um, everybody reflecting. The mood in Daddy's house was just. It was very, very docile, man, and really quiet. You you could tell everybody was going through their own different levels of emotion throughout. Mm-hmm. But at any moment, had Puff said, hey, I need you, everybody was really, like, on their toes, ready for the call. Because, man, he meant so much to all of us. Right. And, and if you got all of us in this room, everybody can tell you uh, one-on-one accounts of how big impacted their lives and their career. So yeah. we all wanted to, yo, whatever you need from us, we'll do it. I don't care if it's one note. Mm-hmm. We here. Yeah, Big absolutely had one of the biggest impacts on it. Well, the name Big says it all, right? He had what? a big impact on everybody that he ever came in contact with. Definitely. Now, you guys, Man. 112, are not just great individual singers and singers collectively, mm-hmm. but you guys are, no, are really known for your choreography, man. Yeah. yeah. Who puts together your choreography? Do you guys do that yourselves? Well, no. We've had a couple of choreographers. Uh, Devon Stevens. Love Devon. Yeah, Shout out Devon. Guy, man. Al Jamal. Brooke Payne. Brooke Payne? Yeah. Leon Lee. Brooke Payne. Jamaica. New Editions. Brooke Payne did yeah. 112? Yeah. That's crazy. So when you see a 112 show, it is the influence of all of those people. Uh, even Puff at some times, man. You know, the man, it's so funny, man. When I'm, Whenever I'm talking about 112, I have to just take a moment to just really give Puff all the a lot of the credit, man. Like, he took four guys from the inner city of Atlanta and gave us an opportunity. Right. And so this this is why I go so hard for my community now, and, and I do so much in the, in the in my community because somebody invested in me. And so now that I have a platform, I have to do the exact same thing to keep it going forward. But – when you talk about what he did and how he was able to put all of this stuff together, it's nothing short of just being ingenious, man. So, like I said, say what you want to say about him, and you may have your personal stories, but I always shine light on the fact that I'm so indebted to him, man, because he really allowed us to have an opportunity. And the bad boy influence helped shape the idea of 112 because right. we, we were just four church boys. All we wanted to do was sing around a keyboard or a piano and just croon to some girls, just sing ballads. That's all we wanted to do. <laughs> so when he introduced us to all of these samples and loops, we were like, God, what happened to ballads and crying and, and all of the whining? Right. But he was like, nah, y'all going to be different. I got a different idea of, for you guys. And I'm going to take what y'all do well, but I'm going to add this New York, he had this he had this mindset that said, if I can't play it in the tunnel, we ain't releasing it. Oh wow! He would we would we would get a record, pull it off the reel, 
and go to the tunnel and have the DJ play it. And he say, all right, now look and see what they're doing. They rocking, that's a hit. Oh, wow. And that's how. The tunnel was the testing ground, the huh? The tunnel was the testing ground. And so as much as we wanted to, to be the balladeers, uh-huh. when I talk to other groups, they always say, man, from looking over the fence, we were always envious of 112 because y'all had the records in the clubs. Yeah. And although we had the big ballots, we that, that would be you That would be boys to men. And yes. that's, that's part of the problem with boys to men now is they don't have one up-tempo record. That's it. Everything that's else it. was a ballot. So it's almost like you... You know, I've done a lot of shows with Boys and Men. I'm friends with those guys, known mm-hmm. them for years. But one of the problem was is the show is sleepy because there's too many ballots yeah. in a row, and they don't have those up tempo records. So it was genius for Puff to make sure that he had a ballot, a balance of ballots with you guys, mm-hmm. and up tempo records with you guys. I, I love the fact, man, because it made us different. And you remember when when hip hop really came and just took over, right? A lot of R and B artists drowned because they could not adapt to the sound of implementing hip-hop in your records. And so the thing... A lot of them, quite frankly, Q, they didn't want to. They didn't want to. They're like, this is R&B, that's hip-hop, that's separate, two separate things. Yeah. bought it and did not embrace it, and I'm so glad. And we were one of those, but I'm glad that Puff was such a stickler, like, nah, I'm telling y'all, this is what is going to separate you. Until this day, you come to a 112 show, Doc, you, you get the balance. You get the balance, but you get the party. We're going to party. Yeah, definitely. Um, the only the only other ones I know like that probably is is uh, New Edition. They're yep. probably the only ones, and that's because, you know, they started with up-tempo from when they yeah, were kids. Yeah. But Jam and Lewis, once they got with Jam and Lewis, they made sure that they had some... <laughs> Some up tempo joints and uh-huh. you know BBD. Come on yes. now, yeah. that goes that that without that, that goes yeah. without saying, bro. Yeah. It's amazing to me that Brooke worked with uh, both of you groups. Tell me what you think when you look on the landscape now. What happened to the groups? Where's the R and B groups, bro? Man, to be honest with you, Ed. See, I can go. I can go. I'm gonna go from a industry. I'm gonna answer it from an industry perspective. When the dollars decrease for budgets and stuff, uh-huh. it's just really hard to move four guys, manager, security, whole team, entourage. But you're right. talking about already to even go on a promotional tour, 11 people. Oh, wow. That's just tough. Right. Because the budgets don't really allow for that. And so I believe that was the first thing that really um, pushed the decline in R&B groups. And then, secondly, I just think, man, we living in an individualistic world. Everybody wants to be their own person. And so you, you don't really see that anymore. Guys getting together. Girls getting together to say, hey, let's be a group anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I think everybody wants to just be on the front. Everything that we see in our world promotes you being the individual. And so I think both of those things is... Uh, contributing factors to why there aren't any more groups. Yeah. It's sad, man, because somebody has to continue the um, legacy. The legacy, man. That legacy is there. The Temptations, the Four Tops, you know, Harold Melville and the Blue Notes. You got so many great groups that were out there. I mean, we just saw Bohemian Rhapsody, and yeah. Queen was a group. Queen wasn't Ooh. Freddie Mercury. Queen Absolutely. was a whole group of great musicians and everybody getting together to put all this music out and, you know, 
we were alluding to the Bad Boy tour when you guys just went on tour about a year. What was that two years ago? Two years ago. Two years yeah. ago, and it was just fascinating to see all of these groups step on stage and get busy the way we knew, you know, that everybody was supposed to do in it, and the harmonies and the music. All of that. Yeah, it's it's just all that, Loved and you're it. just not going to get that with one person. And that is why, Ed, the groups of the 90s are still able to tour. And work. And work. Yeah. How long has it been for 112? 24 years. 24 years. That's, dude, that's a long time yeah. to be making money doing something you love. was our first release. Ni- 1996 was the first release from 112. So it's been 24 years. How hard is it dealing with three other guys that have different opinions and, and grow up? I mean, you guys start, you know, when you start, you're hungry. You together, everybody, everything. Everybody wants the same. Everybody wants to has the same <laughs> goals, and then when you get older, priorities change. You're yeah. a dad, they dads. Mm-hmm. Things are different. It does cause a shift, and you know, no group is exempt from that. Right. Every group is going to go through. Go through. Mm-hmm. You look at the history of groups. Um, it does. That's just it's a must. It's, it's got to happen. Part of it. Yeah. But the thing that makes groups last is being able to weather the storm. You're going to go through it. Because, as you said, different priorities set in, um, different goals um, set in. So you're going to go through it. But it's just, you know, if you are resilient enough to withstand the blows to continue the legacy. Um, And, you know, 112, we've had our share. We have our share of disagreements um, and really not necessarily getting along or being on the same page. We're not exempt from it either. Mm -hmm. Look at Every unsung episode when you talk about groups, <laughs> it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah, every time. Uh, and and man, honestly, it's it's tough. And it's it's not as easy as as people think it is, man, because all have to agree in right. order for you to move forward with a simple decision. And when all don't agree, whoever gets the short end may feel some type of way. Now his disposition has changed. Mm-hmm. Feeling some type of way, or if I didn't get my way and I really an adamant and I believe in what my stance is. Now I'm feeling some type of way. And then if you don't have the tools or the people around you mm-hmm. that could say, okay, guys, let's compromise. Let's figure out how to get what you need, what you want, what you're trying to get to. If you don't have those people in place or if you don't have the tools necessary that can get you to a consensus, mm-hmm. then that's when you struggle. Because for a while in, in the 2000s, you guys were just like, nah, yeah, it's over. Yeah. We're not doing anything. There's yeah. no more 112. And we were like, come on. Yeah. We were begging for what made you guys finally decide to sit down and say, you know what, guys? Come on. Let's do this. Well, a lot of times, man, you know, the fans are really, really just pushed. You know, some you have to just consider them. But at the, on the flip side of that, you have to be real about the situation. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you may just go through seasons, man, where it's just not clicking. And we'd rather pause it for a second than to present something to the fans who've been rocking with us all these years that's not what you've come to expect as the standard Mm -hmm. and if we cannot do that then it's best for everybody that we just kind of pause because the worst thing and you've seen them you've seen when groups get back together or artists come back out and then they didn't do the proper work Mm -hmm. and then we're leaving like Mm, like what was that that's subpar that ain't it, right? And so now, I, you you run the you run the um, 
you you can potentially ruin that that person's. I give you a classic example of, that. of you. For many many years, Raphael Sadiq has said, "I am not doing Tony Tony Tony." Mm-hmm. He's said it. He's been adamant about it. He hasn't gone against his will. He hasn't gone against his word. Mm-hmm. He says, "I'm not doing Tony 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 Tony." But Tony 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 still goes out on tour, and then people stand there and go, "That's not." Raphael Sadiq, that's right. not Tony, Tony, Tony. So you're saying we'd rather give you what you come to love, the standard of what 112 is, right. than uh, it's three of us and then there's some other guy there. But then also look at this too, Ed. When Raphael Sadiq made the decision to not, you still have two other members who have ownership in that in that name. Right. In the brand. Yeah, his brother. And so, you know, you can't really just stop them from saying, Okay, this is how I eat. This is how I provide for my Yeah, because they so, have to eat. So, yeah, if if they can put together something that represents the group well, then by all means, man, as a man who understands priorities and responsibilities, you have to do what you got to do. And for that, man, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is super difficult to be with in a group. It so is. I got mad for four people. It was just difficult for me and Dre. Just, right. just me, just me, but one other dude. You know what I mean? Like, damn, this dude getting on my nerve, yes. and I'm quite sure there's many times I've gotten on his last uh-huh. nerve. It's tough being thought of as a group because you grow older and you have your own individual needs. Absolutely, you have your own individual way that you want to do things. Mm-hmm. And come on, we behind, we beside the point where I got to be in a room with a dude. Right now, Absolutely. you don't want. Now you used to one twelve, two in one room, two in another room. I mean, and and we've we've done that. too. And now you're like, all right, I'm, I want my own room. Right. We we've we've gone through all of that, man. From you know sharing rooms to getting our own rooms. We've we've done the new addition thing where guys having their separate tour buses, different dressing rooms. It's just certain elements of being in a group that you are not going to get away from. <laughs> no way you're going to be together 10-plus years or an, an amount of years and not go through regular group stuff. <laughs> right. Hashtag group stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just going to go through it. Yeah, it's just going to be. Have you ever guys ever come to the fest? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So our dynamic, man, is is so such a loving we have not gotten to so so you'll never hear the one twelve version of a fight within the group really like physical. Right. We may have pushed each other or like got in each other's faces, but I think the love always prevents us from wanting to do bodily harm to each other. Have you ever looked at it and said there's no way ever I'm doing one twelve again? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and so uh, again, okay, so here's another part to to consider. Sometimes when you are in a group, it is so demanding, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say demanding, I mean when it calls on you, you have to show up. And so if you ever have interest of doing anything else, you basically have to shelve that because now your decision affects your other group members. Right. So if you want to go out and do, you, you're an actor and you get a movie gig that's going to have you on on location for five months. Do you pass that up, that opportunity of something that's also in you because that decision affects? So in a way, man, it kind of like it grips you, man, and keeps you. You know, we this, don't we, we never think about that. This box. And so sometimes the separation or the pausing 
It's just for that individual to express some other interests that he may have. Right. It's like when Outkast did their separation. You can't tell Dre he can't go pursue his acting itch. Yeah. But as fans, but I love the way Big Boy put it. He said, my man wanted to do a little acting yeah. for those who are asking. But see, that's the proper way to do it. Let's right. talk about it and say, hey, man, are you are we okay that I can take six months away to mm-hmm. go pursue this? Right. If we not, all right, I'll, I'll subdue it for two more months. But just know, Ed, being an actor is something that's burning inside of me, and I got to address this. Right. So we can figure out when, but I got to do this. And you're a songwriter, too. Absolutely. So, and, and you may be within when the, with this group, and you with Bad Boy, and you're like, I got this song. Let's try this song. And Puff's like, nah, nah, G, nah, B. No, Playboy. We're yeah. going to do this right here. Like, but listen yeah. to this. Nah, Playboy. No, 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 no. What about these songs right here? I got hits. I got hits. And he got a track record of having hits. So you're kind of suppressing the songs that you wrote. And you really want to write songs for for your group and for other people. When do you get a, an opportunity to do that? I mean, it's just it's it's an amazing sacrifice, man. Being in not only the industry alone, but adding that second layer of being being in a group, especially if there are other interests. Because some some guys only want to do the group, and that's fine, right? And they only want to be this particular thing. But if it ever comes a point in time, man, where you want to pursue other interests, it could cause conflict. Isn't this truly be careful what you wish for? Absolutely. Because you had no idea when you got into 112, when you was a football player in high school singing, uh-huh. and then Puff signed y'all, you had no idea what came along. I had no idea, man. We have missed, man, I've missed weddings, family funerals, uh, graduations, um, just stuff that you can't get back because right. of the high demand. If if Chicago calls and wants me on Thursday night, do I say, nah, I can't go, man, because my my aunt's getting married? Right. The guy's looking at me like, yo, I'm getting married. And this is how you eat. So what, you going <laughs> to blow that money because auntie's getting married? Look, auntie, I'm going to send you a, send nice, you a nice gift. Yeah, but and then on the other side of that, <laughs> it's the whole family is there. And you're missing out, and you're doing a show, and after the show is just you and whoever's with you, and you go back to eat, or y'all go to eat, and and now we have social media, and you're looking at all of these all pictures, the you missed out on, and you're you missing can never it. Never get back, and you can never get it back. I'll never forget, man. Um, first album we were on, I think we were on the very first Bad Boy Family tour, right, in '98, and Slim was having his first child, and we had a show that night. And his baby's mom was in Atlanta, basically in labor. I can't imagine, man. Oh, man. And, and, and now when I look back at it, uh-huh. my heart goes out to him, man, because we as a group and as a team, we put him in a very uncomfortable position, man, that now as a father and as a, a grown man, right? I, I now truly understand what we put him through. And But in 98, you was like, yo, bruh, we got to do a show, man. We didn't even understand. Like, we, we like 18, so I don't even understand having a child, first of all. Right. I don't even understand how big that is. But now being a father, I, I now realize, and I remember, man, Slim really, like he was like going at us like, yo, I'm leaving. And we like, you can't leave. And i never forget, man, Slim basically jumped out of the van and like ran to the airport. Like, y'all will not keep me here. I'm going to Atlanta, and I will be there to witness the birth of my son. Wow. 
That's deep, bro. That's deep. Like, man. how do you find that balance between the group and yourself as an individual and as a as a human being and as a person? But we got this and show, and, 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 and if you don't show up, we don't get paid. Yeah, watch this. We didn't even have the 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 wisdom to just say we can do it with the three of us, right? And we'll, tell everybody, we'll just tell Slim, everybody, hey, Slim having you know a baby. That? Like, what was that logic? Like nobody <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> no, eighteen is it's a whole different mindset, man. It's 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 a whole different ball but we game. We had managers who was also learning on the fly too, right? So they didn't even have the the the, the wisdom to say, okay, guys, well, Slim, you go home, um, witness the birth of your son. We'll book you on on a flight the next morning. You come back and resume the tour, right? So because he had so much resentment, man, at the time, I think Slim ended up staying a week. Wow. It was just it's just bad, man. I, I wish I could do that over again. <laughs> I, I That's one of the ones you think you could reel yeah, in, huh? I would yeah. support them a lot differently than than we did. I, I take the blame and ownership for it. Yeah, but you were a kid, bro. Yeah. And, and you know, you don't you don't know no better when yeah. you're a kid. Yeah. You when you out there, y'all are one twelve, you're brand new, you wilding, the girls is hollering. You it's it's a whole different ball game. And then even imagine, man, like I, I remember my daughter was graduating, man, and um I can remember my son being christened and depending on a flight to get me back in time and the flight was delayed. And so imagine they trying, everybody in the family trying to delay the start of the ceremony just for you to get there. Wow. And they get to a point where they can no longer hold it and you show up and they're doing the benediction. Like Mm. imagine what that's like, man. Yeah. You show up. And your baby girl has already gotten her diploma. Wow. Like, if you were two names sooner. <laughs> so, You'd have made it, huh? You feel me? Like Two names two names too, too late, right? Oh, man. That's happened to me many times in my life, bro. <laughs> it's happened to me many times in my life. Where I was off somewhere. I missed this school play. I yes. missed that. I missed something, something very important. Almost missed prom. I was like, I am not missing my baby girl going to prom. That that's not going to happen. Or you left money on the table to make sacrifices for the family, mm. right? And then the family don't understand. They don't understand. You live this well because this is what I do. The sacrifices I make, yeah. right? Because and then you want to complain about it. Mm-hmm. But you're never here. I can't be. I can't. What, what Bobby Womack said. I can't be in two places at one time. It's 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 just virtually impossible. But the thing about it though, Ed, when the decision has to be made, the family gets always get the short end of the stick. Yeah, definitely. Like even if it was a balance, okay, I'll sacrifice my job for family, and then the next time I'll sacrifice family for the job. But in the beginning, you're just such one track with your mental, and you just want it so badly. Family really began to just understand, like, like they start expecting you not to be there. Yeah, stop inviting you. <laughs> they Dad. stop inviting you. And then when you say, "Why y'all? Why did I get an invitation?" Oh, we just assumed that you was gonna be. Yeah. Out of, what you mean? <laughs> don't make those assumptions, right? It's tough, man. And and these are the things that people don't consider when the life of a recording artist is just. I just want my artist, period. I don't care what kind of day you've had. I don't care what just happened before you were introduced. I don't care that y'all just got into an argument backstage. I don't care if you and your wife just got into an argument. 
I don't want none of that. Don't show that on the stage. Come out here and perform my favorite song, and that's all I want to know. Because I paid for it. Because I paid for it. Yeah. yeah. And and at a, to a certain degree, they got a right to that. They got a right to it. You take care of that when you're off the stage. Damn. Right? How many years Damn. did people say that Keith Richards and Mick Jagger were not getting along? Absolutely. They wouldn't even talk to each other off stage, but when they got on that stage. And the magic happened. The magic happened, right? And I can attest to that, too. When, <laughs> when, 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 when the music starts, the magic is beautiful. Right. And I mean, we could have just had a drag out argument prior to them announcing, give it up for 112. Then once y'all step on that stage, it's something totally different, now I, right? Now I'm depending on you. Right. Do your job. I'm gonna do my job. Don't let. I'm the quarterback. Don't let me get sacked. Right. Block like you're supposed to block. Catch the ball like you're supposed to catch it when I throw it to you, and run it. Sing your notes. Maintain your harmony. Perform your ass off, and let's make these people leave here and have a great time. Who would you say you're closest to in the group? Um, currently. I would say, well, currently. <laughs> currently? Did it change? Yes, it's okay. always changing. Okay. Currently, it's Duran. Okay. Uh, I've had seasons where Slim and I were the closest. I've had seasons where Mike and I have been the closest. But like I said, currently, Duran and I are the closest. Okay. Yeah. okay. Are you guys still on tour as a group? I mean, besides your Q Parker thing. So, Again, what's I, the dynamic of 112 right now at this day <laughs> while we're talking? What's the dynamic? That's what people want to know. All right, so so Duran and I are in that space where we're doing and exploring our individual endeavors. Okay. Uh, when I was speaking about that, that's literally me. Okay. I have so many other things that I want to do: writing, directing, EPing. Um, I have a documentary that I'm doing. Um, television. I'm writing scripts. I'm writing a book now. Um, so many things that I've wanted to do that I haven't had the opportunity to do. And so currently the version of 112 that is out now is just Mike and Slim, and they have two dancers. Okay. Yeah. So that's the that's what 112 is? The version of 112 that you'll get if you go to a 112 show right now. Oh, okay. Minus Q and Duran. Oh, by choice? Yes. Okay, because you, cause you're an actor, too. Yes. You did a lot of stage stuff like that. Is that something else that's burning inside of you Absolutely. that you want to do? Well, I know I went to a performing arts high school. Right. So that combo is, is has always been a part of mm-hmm. Q Parker. Um, and like I said, for years, I have just kind of felt like I could not do certain things. Well, I ain't getting no younger, and I still have certain passions that are inside of me. And as part of me building the Q Parker legacy, 112 is a part of it, but it's not the entire story. Right. And that's what I'm carving out now with my uh, foundation and the things that I'm doing in the community, the way that I'm giving back to local talent, uh, the way that I'm telling stories in these documentaries, my own story, my own life, how my wife and I are banding together, talking about our story, our mm-hmm. highs and lows of marriage. Oh, yeah. Don't I know that? You know, so it's a lot to Q Parker that the world don't know because I've been a part of the 112 system for so long. And you know what, Q? Honestly, we greedy fucks, man. Your audience and the people that love 112, we're greedy, bro. We just love you guys so much that we're greedy and we don't realize that, as you said, 96 was the first single. 24 years. How much more of your life are you supposed to give to us? Like, we just want, we want every year. 
don't want C-112. And that's a testament to how great you guys are. It's like, like you know, I had Ron DeVoe. Me and Ron is so cool. And Mike Biv. I love them dudes. And I said, Ron, Ron, what's up, man? Why why am I looking at Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike? Where the fuck is Ralph and Johnny? And Ronnie had the eyes. We said, Ed. We've been doing this since 83, dog. How much more do you want? Yeah. How much more can New Edition give to y'all? It's just not happening right now. He said the smartest thing. He said, we're great when we're together if we could just get it together. They just can't stay together. They It's this and then it's that and, it, and it's just the way it is. But we're greedy. We've been looking at these dudes since 83 and we just want it. You know what that's a testament to? How fantastic the group is. Yeah, because there's a lot of groups that may say, hey, we back together. We like, uh, so? Right. You know what I mean? But when you see 112 in New Edition, you know you're getting top-notch. You're getting that nostalgia, and you're going to get a hell of a performance, great singing, and you're going to be on point. So we, I'm sorry, bro. We, I'm sorry we greedy like that. And you, know, you know, there are always seasons, and I, I believe that this is a season for 112 um, because we're like magnets. No matter how far we go apart, the energy always the energy is always doing this. Right. And so this is no different. There will be a time where we will uh be on the same plane, um, and the timing will allow us to do what it is that the fans And that's beautiful too. That's beautiful that you can say, Hey y'all, y'all wanna do this again? Yeah. And the fans still want it. They want it. Y'all want to roll out? Yeah, come on. Let's do. Let's go out for two years. That's a beautiful place to be in. That's a beautiful place to be in in your life, right? Yeah. Y'all want to go out for like two years because you know when I saw that documentary from from um from Motown to Off the Wall that Spike Lee did on Michael Jackson, and you remember how mad we were when the when the Jacksons split apart yeah. after the victory tour, yeah. and Michael's like, "How long do I got to?" I want to do me. How long do I have to do this with my brothers? I gave them everything, and it's really. We made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And if you fucked your money up, on you. I got I still gotta go on the road. So I can't pursue my other thing over here because you destroyed your money. That's not fair. It's not fair. And so imagine what that person so I am uh I'm in school. I, I attend Clark Atlanta University. Uh-huh. I'm a psychology major. And think about what that does to an individual psychologically. Yeah. To have to live every day not doing something you want. So, man, my heart really goes out to that person who right now is at work doing something that is he's not passionate or she's not passionate doing. I cannot imagine that. I, I can't imagine that. Me person. either. I've always done what I've wanted to do. I've just I'm been... 30, 30 years. You feel me? And so now <laughs> when I really bring it into this perspective, I look at it like it's no different. Right. I'm forced to do a job that there's more I need to give so that I am happy. So psychologically, it's like I'm almost kind of held captive um, from really stretching because every day there's something in me that says, Q, here's your checklist for today. You have to accomplish this, 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 this. And when I don't accomplish those things, I'm really hard on myself. Right. And 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 if I give so much of my time to just this, think of all the things I'm leaving on the table that still burns in me every Hey, Q. Going nowhere. We're still right here. Right. Yeah, dog. We still got to write that book. Hey, man, we still got to give back to these children. Hey, what about your summer camp? What about you and your wife book? What about acting? What about this screenwriting you want to do? What about this play you want? 
that stuff knocks every day. Right. And so if I've ignored it or or, or shelved it, locked it in this room for 20-some years, Ed. That's crazy. Yeah, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I I I understand. That's why it's Ed Lover now, and it ain't Ed Lover and Dr. Dre. Is it was time to grow and move on. Time to grow. Man. It really was, and we man in this certain place of comfort. Yeah, and it's for their own comfort, not for yours. As long as you will allow them to. Right here in Chicago at the City Winery, the dates. Yes. Thursday. This Thursday. This yes. Thursday. This there Thursday. Are a few tickets still available. Citywinery.com. Have some amazing Chicago artists. Um, That's going to be dope. That's going to be Isa, dope. Isa, Dante Hall, Kentrell. I'm bringing with me Wingo from Jagged Edge, Algebra Blissett, J.K. Howells. And it is, we're taking you back to the dopest era of R&B music. All of your number one R&B favorites. So you're going you're going to laugh, you're going to cry, you're going to sing all night long. Good. And That's what people love. And all of that. That's what people love. Q Parker, thanks for joining me man, today, brother. thank you for always being. Always. Yes, My sir. man, Q Parker, right here. Ed Lover, y'all. Come on, son, son. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.